Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up? Monday afternoon, start of a new week, the final day on the calendar of the month of a warm July in the Magnolia State, giving way to an even warmer August, but an August that leads us to the start of the college football season. Yes, please. Alongside Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, the home of the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. You can find out more about Pearl River Resort at their website online at pearlriverresort.com. Also, the ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, and that is right here in ceasefire country, 601 601- Eight seven nine four three nine five. Hope you had a great weekend. Brian Haydad is off today. Uh, he told us that uh, he was taking a personal day for uh, for personal business. He was, uh, I think, it was a spa appointment that he had lined up. He was going to get uh, a manicure and a pedicure. He said he was going to get his eyebrows done. Uh, was not interested in a massage, um, but he did want to get a waxing. And so I guess. There are all kinds of ways to spend your day off, and that is how he is choosing to spend his. And so we hope he enjoys that, and uh, he'll be back with us tomorrow. We really need to get a camera on him getting those most of those things done. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually disagree. I, I, don't, I don't think there is any need whatsoever. I said most of those things. There's one that we can go ahead and cut out. but Any of us to see any of that. I don't need some to see somebody grinding on his nasty toenails or clipping his fingernails and buffing them out or plucking his eyebrows and certainly don't need to see him being waxed. He can just tell us all about it when uh, when he gets back. That'll be lovely. Can't. How wait. was your weekend? Uh, I've had better ones. It was warm, it, wasn't it? I am being tested. Um, I'm being tested. And so far, I think I'm passing said test. I, I am keeping my sanity intact. So okay. that's a good thing. Um, but after we get back from Nashville, I came down with something awful. And Dad of the Year passed it to my three-year-old, and he mm-hmm. was in bad shape. And last week I missed the first couple of days because he was in such bad shape. 
I needed to, to take care of him. I mean, he was he was awful. And we finally at the end at, at the end of last week truly recover. Like we got better, but still, like for three days, it felt like I was hungover, like a bad hangover, like. I was doing shots of fireball at 2 a.m., even though it's disgusting hangover. Like, that kind of hangover. For days. And it just lingered. Finally get past that. He's feeling good. I'm feeling good. AC stops blowing cold air. It's blowing air. It's blowing air. It's just hot air. This is the second time you've been without air conditioning this weekend for different reasons, right? Yeah, so I lost power for a week a yeah, few weeks ago yeah. when all those weird storms came through. Right. So I was without power for a week. At least I've been able to like get a couple box fans and like keep the dogs cool. Uh, we've got James staying elsewhere, uh, of course, because he can't. I mean, he can't stay with me. Yeah, he would sweat like I've been for the last few days. But anyway, get. AC gets out, get get a couple people to come over and look at it, and they gave me the same diagnosis and a shocking amount of money to get a new outdoor unit, which is what they've determined is what I need. Yeah, like, shocking when you aren't prepared for it. Like, I don't think that we would be shocked at the cost of an air conditioning unit. Like, no. that is an expensive repair. Any If anything has to be done to your heating and cooling system, it is an expensive repair, but it's like... Borky, there are only two times of the year that it happens. Yep. Your heat goes out when it is freezing, and your air goes out when it is scalding. There is no in-between. You, no. you don't have HVAC issues when it's 70 and sunny with a nice breeze and the overnight lows in the upper 40s. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that doesn't happen. So, but, but, yes, anybody that has gone down that road, is uh, is well aware that it is an investment. Yeah, and uh, I, I lucked into having a couple of connections that that's really keeping me much lower than the initial sticker shock that I got from the first quote, uh, which was, uh, "I'm I guess I'm going to die because you what you're telling me is not an option." <laughs> uh, uh, so that will get fixed tonight. Luckily, knock on wood. But it, so I had to deal with that all weekend. It's a hundred degrees out, all that. And Saturday, I go to open my garage, and two of the wheels or whatever on the side of the garage, the brackets break. Two of them. the the big springs. No, not the spring. Luckily, so not in the middle, but on the side, just like the the track of the garage. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Two of those break. And luckily, that was a cheap fix, but that couldn't get done until this morning. So my garage didn't function, and I was worried. I mean, you know, when when you get sick like we got, and then when your AC goes out, I just knew that the guy was going to be like, you need an entire new door. Here's $2,500, you know, just let, let me know, and we can come get you a new door. Not the case. The guys were, were awesome. I've used them before, and, and they saved me a lot of money, but... My patience is being tested, uh, and I'm passing. Like I'm okay. I'm in. A, I'm in a, a fine mental state. But Saturday night, especially when when it's nine o'clock and my thermostat is reading eighty nine degrees in the house, I, I was really just, oh man. And and I had box fans on the dogs, and then I was sitting in between the dogs. I had to. They're so stupid. I love them to death, but. They're hot. You know they're hot. They're breathing hard. They're panting. They're hot. 
And so I put fans on them, and they don't like the fans. Mm-hmm. So I had to lock them in their kennels and put the fans on them during the night so they would cool down because they didn't want to be in the air was bothering them. So I slept in between two dog kennels because that's the only place I could get them to where the air would blow on all of us. I was I was contemplating just uh just, just buying like a uh right, so I, I need a air, punching bag. When is the air being fixed? Uh I, he is meeting me at the house tonight after I get done here. Okay. So new unit is, is it, already at the house. Is it safe to say that once the uh, the new unit is in that you're going to test the limits of the new unit just to see just how cold you can make your house. Hey, what's funny is that I don't like sleeping super cold. Like it, it, when um, did you did you consider a window unit? Thought about it, but my house is weird. The, the windows are like too paned and and like they're they're kind of tall. Like I I don't have a window that would. Oh, I only have two windows in the house that would fit a window unit. Everything else, they're like really tall and really big windows. So I, I did look. I, I thought about saying, you know what, forget it. I'm going to get a couple of these, and it's going to save me money. And uh, a good friend, Craig Howard, uh, he listens to this show. So shout out to you again, buddy, uh, is saving me a fortune. There you go. And I love him dearly, and that has really taken a lot of stress off. But still stressed because Tom, the dogs mostly. Yeah, well, they'll be all right. Thomas and Greenwood keep a window unit in the shed as a Murphy repellent. Murphy's law: whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah, yeah probably, probably something to that. Oh, here's one of those. Uh, what happened to the sports show you guys used to do? I don't need the handyman show. Yeah, you we'll get give the you your money show back on today. Saturday morning, but uh, we are uh, we, we got plenty, plenty coming your way. Uh, Borky, prayers to you. I know this has got to be strenuous. It's Satan trying his best to wear you down. No doubt. That's, that's yeah, that's sauce. I, you know, what's funny is, uh, I've shared this. I don't, I don't mind sharing it again. I have, I've, I'm about two years into making that a big part of my life. And, and I, I really had to find the strength, you know, as they say, to when things are going bad to still be thankful. And, and I, I think I've, I've, I had to remind myself last night. I went to the grocery store at like nine because I realized I hadn't eaten all day, and I was. And like, the grocery store has air conditioning. And it has air conditioning, but I did have that moment, hot sauce. I had that. You know what? A lot of people have it a lot worse than me. I need to stop complaining. It's going to get fixed tomorrow. I'll be fine. There you go. There you go. It, it's hard to sleep hot. Oh, it's it hard is, to sleep. It's hot. Just hard to sleep hot. Uh, it's also hard to practice football in the heat, but. Teams are figuring out ways to do that all across the country. You've got NFL training camps that have begun. You've seen some pictures out of college training camps that have begun. And here in the Magnolia State, it happens this week. Southern Miss and Ole Miss will both start training camp on Wednesday in Hattiesburg and in Oxford, respectively. Ole Miss's uh, day to meet with the media is Wednesday as well, so hopefully we will be able to get you some stuff from Media Day in Oxford later, uh, later this week. And um, then Mississippi State, hey, that told us get started on Friday. So uh, a few more days still for the Bulldogs. And by the time we get to uh, the last show of the week, everybody in this state will have practiced as we move toward the, uh, toward the start of the season. Really is an exciting time, right? I mean... Well, let's talk about the, the football calendar just for a second when we come back. And then we'll uh, we'll get into some of the things that are going on right now. 
All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. We're back with you right after this at Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, to the junction, in the groove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. This town ain't small. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Monday afternoon alongside Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. So let's dive in and, and talk some football. Borky, I, I mentioned the calendar just a second ago. I, I don't know where it is in your mind. We talk about college football, obviously, the entire year. But in terms of, of my mindset, I don't know that it's exactly like this every year, but the mark on the calendar for me, the tick mark on the calendar for me, has been 4th of July. And it's like, okay, we get through the 4th of July week. Kind of, you know, depending on where it falls. You get through that week, and you're like, all right, it's kind of getting close. We're a couple of months away. We just hit kind of a mile marker or a signpost on the side of the road that says it's time to start paying attention. And then a couple of weeks after that, you get to media days, and it gets a little more real. And then the next mile marker you hit is the start of camp. And then it's like, all right, now we've got to, you know. And it's one of those things where, like, sometimes the last 20 miles of the journey feels like the longest part of it. It's like, we're so close. How are we not to the beach? Why can I not see the ocean yet? What What is the one for you where, where it's like, okay, uh, th- there's no more weight? Because it's not media days for me. It, it is, it's not even the NFL. And obviously, I'm a huge NFL fan. I read every single Saints practice report. There are 20 media outlets that cover the Saints. They all watch the same practice. And I still read all their practice reports. It's like, they all kind of saw the same thing. Doesn't matter. I read them all. I mean, Nick Underhill does a, a post-practice podcast that I listen to, all of them. But mm-hmm. that still is not like football's back yet. It's when I see the college players in the practice in their pads practicing for the first time. That's when I feel like the wait is over, even though games haven't started yet. So at the end of this week, like I, I'm all in, and, and it feels like I'm not waiting anymore. There's a video on Twitter from Notre Dame practice, and it had like three quarterbacks. I mean, it was like an against-air drill, and they, they like isolate the ball as it flies. The guy makes a catch and runs through the back of the end zone as he's making the catch. I'm like, ooh, man, they got on helmets. They got shoulder pads yeah. on. And they're just in shorts, but I mean, that doesn't matter. Nobody hits anymore in practice anyway. So I was like, yeah, that's uh, it's it's go time. Um, yeah, that's kind of it for me. I mean, as, as camp starts, once you get through – to, to me, when it really gets real is when school starts. That's a so, good one, too. So, so camp, August 2nd, you know that the football team has, what, two weeks of absolute drudgery, maybe three. And then they scale it back when they have to enroll for class. Or not enroll for classes, but they, they go to their first class and all the other students get back on campus and they get down to – you know, just their regular practice schedule, and you 
start to transition toward game week and, and getting ready for that start of the season, that's when it's like, okay, it's here. And and this week, or this year, that week coincides with week zero, right? So, I mean, that, that next to last weekend of August or the last weekend of August is when you got a few games that are happening kind of all over the place. Hey, my buddy Brett Norsworthy, our, our friend Brett Norsworthy, had dinner with him in Nashville at Media Days. I was talking to him a couple of days ago, and he's got family that lives in Nashville. And so he's going to see one of his his nephews and their young child. And he's like, and, uh, and we're going to go to the Vandy Hawaii game on, on that Saturday. I was like, of course you are. Heck yeah. That is the least surprising thing I've heard in a really long time that you are going to go take in Vanderbilt and uh, and Hawaii. man, I would do it. I, I really would, and have a great time. Uh, I, you know, the the crowd might actually, you know, look good on TV because the two ends of the stadium are are demolished, so everybody's going to be smushed into a smaller place. And I mean, I know it's Vanderbilt, but shouldn't you, if you are a Vanderbilt fan, be kind of jacked up about the trajectory of your program? I mean, if you're not going to buy into Clark Lee right now going into this season, then then you're not you're not buying it ever, are you? And we've seen that place packed in full, like with Vanderbilt fans. When James Franklin was on his run. Nah, hold on now. That might be some revisionist history. So, they, they, they still didn't pack it and fill it. Without help, anyway. I mean, that, that opening Thursday night when Jeff Scott did his thing. Yeah, stadium was mostly full that night, and there were probably twelve thousand Ole Miss fans there. Usually, yeah, we saw what Georgia's done to that place a couple of times. Oh, that Alabama game of a few years ago, my goodness! But if you're not buying in now, then there's then you're never going to buy in, and and what's the point? They should be really excited. I'm curious to see what they look like, and of course, you know they're on Ole Miss's schedule, so I'll watch them with intent to see. Now, how good AJ Swan is with another offseason, that kind of stuff. But well, and I mean, who thought we were going down the Vanderbilt road today? But okay, AJ Swan, there is legitimate excitement there. But AJ Swan only started what seven of their games last year? Yeah, seven got... or eight of their games. Mike Wright started the first couple of games. He was really good against Hawaii in the opener. I understand that was a terrible Hawaii team, and then. Didn't he play some later in the year also? He did. He's the one that, that beat Kentucky and Florida. Now, they're, and, you, and now you he's said, on the roster in Starkville. Right. You said the, the phrase revisionist history. And, and with all due respect to Mike, who seems like a phenomenal kid, a great athlete, uh, Vanderbilt's defense beat Kentucky and, and Florida, if we're, if we're being totally honest. But still, uh, there's a lot to be excited about. And I would go if I were uh, the aforementioned Brett Norsworthy and you know, everybody's focused on just while well, Notre Dame is is the week zero game. We got a nightcap too that it, that at least if you are a diehard football fan like us, there's something there for you. SEC team on one of the Mississippi schools' schedule. Uh, I don't know how good Timmy Chang's Hawaii is going to be, but they were a disaster a year ago. Maybe they're a little bit better and give them something. You know, Mike Wright's numbers were pretty good last year. Mike Wright, who's now. Oh, he's Back useful. Up at Mississippi State, the quarterback spot, um, carried it seventy-one times for five hundred seventeen yards with five rushing touchdowns. He averaged seven yards a carry, and he was not as bad a passer as we have at times made him out to be. 
completed 57% for 974 yards and 12 touchdowns with four interceptions. Had a higher QBR than A.J. Swan. Had more touchdown passes in fewer games. Now, Swan, look, Swan's good and, and, and looked good. And, and you could tell that, okay, there, there's something there. But, Borky, you say if Vanderbilt fans are not going to buy in now, then when are they going to buy in? They do lose their top two rushers from a season ago. Ray Davis was a 1,000-yard rusher, and Mike Wright was a 500-yard rusher. Yeah. But still, you know, you win a couple of games, you're on the upswing. and I understand that, you know, we can tie this back to Mississippi. I saw a graphic today that, that Mississippi State has sold uh, the most season tickets so far, and there's still a few weeks uh, to go, since 2015. Mm. So I've, I found that fascinating, that, that they have sold more tickets going into this season than any of Mike Leach's. And now, now of course, the COVID deal screwed up 2020, and, and so that initial excitement of, hey, the Pirates here got ruined. So maybe that's part of it, but I, I found that fascinating, that they've already sold more tickets than they ever have um, under the late Mike Leach. Alright, so so let me ask a question, and I'd love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Why is the excitement level where it is for Mississippi State that has caused this year to be the most anticipated season since 2015? Is this the most 2015 uh, most anticipation since 2015? If you're if you're a Bulldog fan and you have bought tickets or you haven't bought tickets or you're intrigued by the fact that a lot of people have bought tickets. Why this year? Is it new coach, Zach Ardent? Is it probably the final year of Will Rogers and super accomplished? Is it a belief that this is going to be a special team? Is it because of the defense? Is it because of a different offense? Is it because of who's returning? You what, do get eight reasons? home games. There is uh, there, there's pretty good value in the season ticket this year as opposed to years past, I guess. Yeah, Michael says they changed the price point. Good, good. good. I, I'll just I'll trust you on that. I haven't dug that up. So, um, hit us up. I'd lo- love to hear from you. Why? Why? Why is it that this year has been the biggest season in terms of season tickets sold since 2015? You know why in 2015, right? Coming off the 2014 season, all the success, Dak returning, senior season for him. So let's talk about that. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We are back with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk, Mississippi. Super talk, Mississippi.
Welcome again, Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. All right, your um so I got to I got to correct something. Okay. Shout out to a, a eagle-eyed Twitter user. It's the most new. They they did some uh good editing on the graphic where certain words are bigger, much bigger than others and it's the most new season tickets sold since 2015, which still leads to this conversation, but it's not the most in total. It is the most new season tickets that they have sold since 2015. Yeah, the, the, the word new carries a lot of weight, and it's really small in that graphic, and that's, that's on me. But it's, it's still worth wondering why this season did so many new people jump on. All right, so that means you've got people that have not previously, or at least in the most recent year, bought season tickets that have jumped on board this season. Okay. So there's some excitement, regardless. And I think eh, the question we threw out before the break is still reasonable. It, it feels like there's excitement among Mississippi State fans. I was had uh, spent some time with uh, a buddy of mine yesterday that is uh, a Mississippi State fan. He's like, what do you think about State? I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm interested to see. I, I think they're going to be pretty good defensively. I think Will Rogers is very capable. I think the schedule, I mean, eight home games is a real thing. So we asked you, and here are some of your reasons for being excited. Price point is good, and there is an extra home game. Okay. A lot of people did not like the air raid. Th- that was hard for a lot of people, Borky, because it was such a departure from what Mississippi State has traditionally been good at. Run the ball, play defense. Yeah, it's a dramatic... And, and that's the you nailed it right there with... It's a departure from what they were doing well. And that was hard for people to stomach because they were recruiting defensive linemen. And they still, I mean, Zach Arnett's done a really good job there, but it was quality defensive linemen and they're going to be physical and run right at you. I mean, always run, never pass was like a fan moniker for years. And then it went to only pass and we'll run if we have to. Just uh, and I'm not sure everybody completely was on board at any point. Even after you know that they won games last season and beat Ole Miss, even still, it was like offensively in the Egg Bowl, they still weren't. It still just wasn't. It didn't feel crisp. You know, too often it was. Yeah, I agree. Will Rogers did not play a good game. Against Ole Miss, and yet Mississippi State did still win the football game when it was all said and done. All right, some of the other reasons that you think folks are excited. Um, Tony in Columbia says people are probably trading out their baseball season tickets. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that. There's tens of thousands more football season tickets than, than baseball. Uh, for the record, Paul Paul quit getting tickets in 2000. Unfortunately, a lot of things with the tickets were changing at the time. Okay. Uh, Dan in Hattiesburg, could it be the return to the run or using tight ends or a pass longer than eight yards? Well, so 
Do people really buy tickets on a on a philosophy or or on the? Hmm, I'm not I'm not saying this well. Is your decision to buy tickets or not buy tickets based on the kind of offense the team that you cheer for is running? Really? So we've gotten a lot of different answers, right? And and I'm with you. I don't know if it's like, well, I, I don't like our offensive scheme, so I'm not going to go to games this year. But if they run a different scheme, I'm going to go to games yeah, next and, and year. Hold, hold that thought just for a second. I just because I'm not sure I'm getting this out the way I want to. So when, when you're thinking, when, when you're going through the process of, okay, you look at your email that's asking me to buy tickets. It's like, all right, how many tickets do I need? I need to buy four of them. How much do they cost? I don't know. I'm just using a number, 400 All right, so that's $1,600 for tickets. Are we going to pull the trigger this year as a family? Is this something that we want to do? See, see, to me, the questions are, can I afford the tickets? How many of the games are we going to go to? Is this something my family really wants to do? we got friends that are going to be there. Have we got tailgate to go to? How many times is there going to be a conflict where we either would rather do something or could do something else? Back to can we afford it? Uh, you know, I, I feel like those are the questions you ask when you're trying to decide are you buying tickets or not, as opposed to, you know, it really feels like we're going to run the ball on first down some and we're going to involve the tight end. I think we should buy tickets this year. I just wonder how many people are doing that. Now, if your team ran a triple option and you hated it, I get it. Like, I don't want to watch that every week. And, Borky, we know people make decisions about going to games on a week-in, week-out basis, whether they have tickets or not, based on, man, the offense we're running with the players that we're running. I'm not even talking about Mississippi State. This is just, like, in general. We look like crap. I'm not going to watch that. Okay, I get that. But how many people are buying tickets based on philosophy? I don't know. I, part of me has wondered through all these different uh, responses as if Zach Arnett sells what state fans more often buy. Hmm? Okay. If that makes sense. You know, each fan base, particular people appeal to fan bases more than other people. I mean... He's grit, toughness, lunch pail, hits you in the mouth. He's football guy. And, I mean, he used all of those words at media days and state fans. All the response from every state fan I've seen is, Arnett killed it. Just killed it. And all he did was talk about that. Toughness, grit. When you play Mississippi State, you're going to get hurt. So just deal with it because we're coming at you. That kind of stuff. That mentality. This fan base likes that. And that's, that's not good or bad or anything. It's just, that's, look at Auburn fans. What Hugh Freeze sells is what those people want to buy. Brian Harson wasn't a salesman. He wasn't. Want to talk about a fit. I mean, perfect. the early returns of Hugh Freeze in Auburn. I mean, it's like, like a custom-made shoe. Yeah. Dabo Sweeney's perfect for the, the the people at Clemson. What he says resonates with them. It there, there's fits in, in Zach Arnett, his style in in the way he presents himself, the way he sells his program, and then how they're going to play because you can expect they're going to play that way. 
is what state fans want to buy. Ole Miss fans and Lane Kiffin. It's a pretty good fit. I don't know that Lane Kiffin's a great fit everywhere. No. A pretty good fit at Ole Miss, or at least has been so far. Um, Here's one. People are buying tickets because they think this team is going to have more success. It's not based on scheme. If State had won 10 games running the air raid, State fans would love it. I, I kind of agree with that. What was the other one? I, I, I saw a second ago, and, and I liked how this, somebody said this. And it was basically this is an experienced team that should be pretty good that is being overlooked. And I, I think Mississippi State fans are not overlooking this team at all. And they got a chance to be pretty good. Now, I, I do think it could kind of fall either way. Hey, Dad's told you a bunch of times he thinks this is a state team that goes 8-4. and four. And they may very well be. Four non-conference wins, but that means they win the Egg Bowl, most likely at the end of the year. And probably get one, what, on the road against South Carolina? That's probably going to be in the mix. Yeah, the, the state's Maybe schedule on so the road against Arkansas? They have such an interesting schedule. They really do. I mean, eight home games aside, they, they you know, the other three non conference games are just kind of you go because you love your team. And it's honestly kind of nice waking up on a Saturday, going to the stadium and like having a bourbon and know that your team's going to win and just kind of have a stress free Saturday. But. The, the schedule is fascinating. You have the, the SEC West champion at home. You have Alabama at home. And all four of your road games are games that you would consider toss-ups. All of them. Which, which is good and bad, right? It, it's good because winnable road games, if you can get a couple of those, it really moves your schedule up and your fan bases buy in. But Williams-Brice is a tough place to play. Ask Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee was a great football team last year. And they went to Columbia and got thumped. I mean, they were getting blown out before Hendon Hooker got hurt. They got thumped. Ask people what it's like going to Fayetteville. It's not easy. It's so fascinating. If I told you Mississippi State was going 4-4 and in the SEC, what are the four most likely wins in conference play for the Bulldogs? Four most... Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. We're back on Super Talk Mississippi, final segment of the 3 o'clock hour. Winners and losers, you can be thinking about those. That's how we will begin the 4 o'clock hour. I asked you the question before the break. State goes 4-4 four and four in the SEC. We are assuming four non-conference wins against Southeastern Louisiana, Arizona, Western Michigan, and Southern Miss. Not a shot against Southern Miss, just for this exercise We are assuming those four wins. And I'm telling you they win four games in the SEC. Which four league games do they win? Borky, you go first. Uh, 
Kentucky at home. Okay. I think is the most likely win. Egg Bowl at home. If they're getting to four, that's got to be one. And I have struggled to decide, but Arkansas is one also. Because I'm not really high on the Razorbacks this year. So those three, and I can't decide if it's South Carolina, Auburn, or Texas A&M. A&M's got the best roster of those three. Auburn's got the worst roster of those three. But South Carolina in Columbia after LSU was a really bad spot to get the Gamecocks. So probably Auburn? Okay. I mean, to me, the four most likely would be South Carolina on the road, Auburn on the road, Kentucky at home, and Ole Miss at home. If I, if you said, hey, Richard, State's going 4-4 four and four in the league, which four did they get? It's probably the four that I would pick. Lucas and Union says Kentucky, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. So that would be a home win against Ole Miss, a home win against Kentucky, and road wins against Texas A&M and Arkansas. Okay? Here's another one. If I had to pick four, I think these are the four. Kentucky at home, Arkansas and Fayetteville, Auburn at Auburn, and Ole Miss at home. Another one that's Kentucky, Ole Miss, Auburn, and Arkansas. Another Kentucky, Auburn, A&M. And Ole Miss? Yeah, they've really had AM's number. I man, I I am having to fight every time I think about this season and the SEC, I have to fight myself on Texas AM. Because the roster should be good enough to win nine plus games. It's what third best roster in the West? I think it's probably not particularly close. They're, and they're closer to Alabama and LSU, LSU second. than whoever fourth would be is yeah. to them. No, no, it, yeah, it's the third most talented roster in the West. And, you know, talent wins games. But it's the SEC West. The worst recruiting school in the SEC West is perpetually in the top 30. Whichever one you want to pick, if it's mm-hmm. if it's State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, they all recruit in the top 30. The West is deep, the deepest division of a conference in America, even though those are going away. So they've got talent and so much of it. And they've added Bobby Petrino to the mix. But it has been been wrong since Jimbo's gotten there, and nothing that Jimbo has said has inspired me to think that he's going to let Bobby do his thing. But every time I look at Texas A&M, it's like, ooh, that's going to College Station? That's tough. But it hasn't been tough for State lately. But the roster's just so good. It's quite the dilemma. By the way, in, late, later in the show today, later in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll, we'll do the exact same thing with Ole Miss. We, we will assume that Ole Miss goes 4-0 in the non-conference, and we'll tell you that they're 8-4 and overall, and you tell me which four SEC games they're going to win. 8-4 and in Starkville this year. The grade that Zach Arnett gets is... Solid A, right? Oh, absolutely. Anything if not plus. A plus. A, 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 I think it would have to be A plus because there's so many factors, and you know we we mentioned it a lot because it, it bears repeating. You said earlier somebody asked you how good state was going to be, and your answer was I don't know. I, and that's the appropriate answer. You know, they've they've got a lot of veterans, and, and that matters. It does, but we haven't seen Zach Arnett, Barbay led Mississippi State team yet. So there there's still a lot of unknown. 
But when you're in the SEC West and you're a first-year head coach taking over a program who... And you're only doing that because your predecessor tragically passed away. And you turn around and you go win eight games, go to the Outback Bowl or whatever it is down in Florida, mm-hmm. anything less than an AA-plus grade for tr- taking over that and winning eight-plus games is crazy. And they certainly can do it. I mean, you're you're doing the schedule thing right now. From what we know about the roster, it's da- absolutely on the table. But you know what else is on the table? Six and six is also on the table. And, and that's not a shot. I mean, that that's just that's the thing with, with the unknown related to Mississippi State. What if they lose to Arizona in week two and drop a game to LSU and lose at South Carolina and drop a game at home to Alabama? That's four losses right there with six games to play. I mean you you can absolutely get to a, a six and six mark or a five and seven mark if things don't go well. So we'll do the exact same thing for Ole Miss coming up later in the show. Winners and losers. That's how we will start the four o'clock hour with you next in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Opening in Mississippi sports. You'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, 4 o'clock hour on this Monday, July 31st. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Dad is out today. It's Michael Borky and me, Richard Cross, in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of Geyser Falls Water Park. You can visit them online at geyserfalls.com to learn more about the water park. Great way to cool off on these hot weekends. That's geyserfalls.com. The C Spire text line is open to you, and we'd love to hear from you. 601-879-4395. C Spire has introduced something brand new and important. It's called Connect and Protect. The Connect and Protect plan from C Spire, it's the phone your kids want with easy-to-use parental controls for you. And it's only $30 a month with AutoPay. Connect and Protect gives you tools to easily track your kids' location, restrict content, limit screen time, and help protect them online. Plus, right now you can get an iPhone 12 for less than $11 a month, or you can get a free TCL Stylus 5G with no trade-in needed. Learn more at cspire.com. Cspire, customer-inspired. If you got a kid with a phone, you know that's important being able to protect them online. You're going to get some pushback from them. It's just reality. That's part of growing up. They want more freedom probably than they are ready for, but C Spire can help you manage that in a smart way to protect them, but to give them the freedom of having their own phone all at the same time. The connect and protect plan from C Spire. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. When it's hot outside, make sure that you stay cool with Genteel, whether it's the super lightweight shorts or their golf shirts that are uh, kind of a performance fabric, performance material, wicks away that sweat and the heat from your body and just makes you feel good. 
not to mention looking good. And if you're in a spot where you've got to wear pants this time of year, like maybe you have to wear pants to the office, Borky's raising his hand, well, get the lightweight Clubhouse Collection pants from uh, from Genteel. They are the, I, mm, I feel like this is a big statement, but I, I don't know of any other pant that is lighter weight and more breathable than the stretch fit pants that uh, Genteel's got. And they look nice, and they'll help you look your best. Genteelapparel.com, end of season sale going on, 25% off some of the items on their website at genteelapparel.com. All right, let's do it. Winners and losers. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser, baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. All right, your winners and losers coming up on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? How about this from Major League Baseball Communications? The 15 games that were played on Saturday in MLB drew 582,872 fans for an average attendance across Major League Baseball on Saturday of 38,858. It is the highest average attendance on a Saturday in Big League Baseball since August of 2013. Wow. Nine of the games attracted more than 40,000 fans. Eleven of the 15 games hosted more than 35,000 fans, including the Marlins' best home crowd since 2017's opening day. The Orioles' second sellout of the season. The Diamondbacks' best home crowd since opening day. And 45,085 for the Athletics at the Rockies. That was all this past Saturday in Major League Baseball. At the local level, baseball is winning. Is it a coincidence that rules were put into place this year that have shortened the length of Major League Baseball games. The games are faster this year than they have been. We also get some compelling races. We'll we'll look at those. Um, I'll give you a second winner coming up in uh, in just a minute. Borky, give me a winner. Yeah, the the clock rules are absolutely a factor. I've got friends that, that aren't Major League Baseball fans that have watched recently, and they've all said uh, the same thing. And I wonder if also expenses are going down. Maybe these teams started to realize, you know, may, uh, you hope so, anyway. At least it's how it should be. But, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, good for baseball. Uh, Barstool, uh, my winner's Barstool. They broadcasted the Corn Ferry Tour event, which if you're not familiar with what that is, it's like AAA for the PGA Tour. It's their, their minor league, essentially. Yeah. And it's a bunch of guys you've never heard of. Uh, playing at a course that you've likely but never heard you of. Will. Oh, you will. Uh, a handful of them as well. An Auburn guy, Auburn alum one, uh, recent graduate of Auburn, I think, like a year and a half ago, two years ago, whatever. Either way, they had the full broadcasting rights of a professional golf event. And they had, um, they have a really popular golf podcast. It's called Foreplay, F O R E. Nice little pun there. Mm-hmm. And they're really funny, but 
kind of insightful. Not like super experts. There, there, there wasn't like a former PGA Tour pro out there on the course with them. But like the camera work and the angles were really good. Kirk Menahan was kind of a... I didn't like his presence there, just constantly making fun of everybody. It was a little too much for me, but a little humor mixed in, and it was just shot after shot after shot after shot after shot with their little spin on it. And I found myself locked in yesterday to the Corn Ferry Tour event, watching a bunch of dudes I've never heard of because the broadcast was good and funny and light, but also serious. And like, it, it, some guy drained like a 50 footer for Eagle to tie the tournament on the last hole, and they had two playoff holes. And like, that they captured that drama well, but also kept it light. Man, it was really good. Like, I didn't know what I was expecting. I figured it was going to kind of be like really lowbrow stuff, and it wasn't. Like, they knew what they were talking about. The players were willing to do on-course interviews with these guys. They were funny. And it was good. I really enjoyed it. They're they're diving into the sports rights game. They have a bowl game already. They just did this. They've done some basketball. They've done obviously. some basketball. Mississippi State played on a basketball broadcast. They're getting into the rights thing. And, man, if it keeps going like it did their first time doing golf, they've got something. Can you tell me, on to the next winner, the two teams in Major League Baseball with the best record in the game? Or or maybe ask a different way. Do you know which team has the best record in the National League and which, uh, which team has the best record in the American League? He doesn't know. He, he, he is hazarding a guess, but okay. The Atlanta Braves have the best record. I, I should have come to that conclusion, yeah. The Braves are winning games at a 650 clip. They have won six of their last 10, including three in a row. They have outscored teams by 151 runs this year, and they are 67 and 36. That is the best record in baseball. I don't know that that's a surprise. Right, Atlanta with the best record in the National League, the best record in baseball. You might have guessed the Dodgers, and they're fine. They lead their division, not the best record in the game. Here's your surprise, though. The best record in the American League, the team that is sitting atop the American League East standings, a team that has been in the dumpster in the American League for the better part of the last three decades, the Baltimore Orioles at 64 and 41. They are young. They are fun. That is a place that when the Orioles are good, really cares about baseball. And uh, they're a game and a half by virtue of three fewer losses than the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, on the flip side of that, you want a loser? How about the New York Yankees at 55 and 50? Which, by the way, would be good enough for first place in the NL or the American League Central, but in the American League East, it is dead last. Nine games out of first place, three and a half games out of the third wild card spot. Ugh. They got Judge back. They did, and there's a little debate as to how much they can use him right now. Oh, with speaking of Judge, with the uh, the way Otani's going, I am. 
very fascinated to see if ESPN has learned their lesson from last baseball slash college football season. Because Otani's on pace to start chasing some records if he keeps we'll this see. up. We will see. And if we they, will see. as Don't much of a breath. spectacle as he is, if they start cutting into our college football games to show Otani at bats after Aaron Judge was received so poorly last year, oh man, yeah. You got one more winner before the break? No, I got a loser that I love. All right, we'll do that on the other side. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Send us your winners and losers on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. We'll be right back. Mississippi, your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. It's a Monday afternoon with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. We are, as always, glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Remind you that all guests, even though we don't have one today, appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Borky, you said you had a loser. Yeah, Sharon. At least that's uh, the name that we were given on Jeopardy had... uh, She's just she just needs to get her stuff together. Okay, if you're gonna be on Jeopardy, you gotta be better prepared for some sports questions. And Sharon was not. Here's a couple. Let's start with messing with Texas for two hundred. In 2014, Decatur, Texas rescheduled this holiday back to the 30th, as it conflicted with Friday night high school football. Sharon, what is uh, football? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think we were looking for a holiday. We we were, but football. I, I'm, I'm going to go with what is Halloween. Halloween was the correct answer. Okay, and here he, here's Sharon again. Sharon, uh, real fast, four hundred. Sifan Hassan holds the women's world record in this track event: four minutes, twelve point three three seconds. Sharon, what is the fifty yard dash? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sharon. <laughs> The 50-yard dash, Sharon, in four minutes? What, what, by the way, what was the answer to that? Uh, the mile. Okay. I think. I know it was like the 3,200 meter, which is basically a mile. Not 50-yard dash. Not No, four minutes on a 50-yard dash would not be a uh, particularly good number. Come on, Sharon. There, there are turtles that can move faster than that, Sharon. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the ceasefire text line and get some of your winners and losers. Winner, Auburn football recruiting this past weekend. Yeah, it was a pretty good weekend for Auburn. They flipped two five-star players from rivals, both yeah. from Georgia. Is that right? I think one's from Alabama. But... Okay, one from Georgia, one from Alabama. Yeah. Right. It, I mean, this is exactly... People were like surprised. Oh, my gosh. You freeze. You shouldn't be. This is exactly what everybody should have expected. He, for for all the stuff, he is a phenomenal salesman, at least initially. The, the first impressions that you get from Hugh Freeze are phenomenal. They really are. 
he can sell himself in a vision as good as anybody that's that's ever, at least in my adult life, in college football. When you listen to Hugh Freeze talk for the first time, he gets you. He does. This was they were going to recruit lights out right away. Yeah, it's the sustainability that was the issue at Ole Miss, and most people think that it's going to be an issue at Auburn as well. But initially, yeah, expect him to get five stars and do all that. It's going to happen. But but I don't know. I mean, it may not. It may he may not fizzle maybe, out. Maybe we're foolish to think that it's going to fizzle out at some point. Maybe 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 it's just time to just sit back and watch and see how it goes. We'll uh, we'll see, but yeah, uh, got some some momentum on the recruiting trail for the Auburn Tigers. Uh by the way, yes, sixteen hundred is a mile, not thirty two hundred. That's two miles. Thank you. So would have been a better guess than fifty. Yeah. Um, Dwayne and Brandon says winner. Mississippi State new football uniforms. Agreed. They're good. It's the best. Just, just my opinion, right? I mean, take it for what it's worth. It's the best set of uniforms Mississippi State has had going into a football season maybe ever. They're not trying to do too much. The script state looks good on the helmet. The maroon with the white, uh, the maroon jerseys with the white pants looks good. The white on white looks really good. I think Haydad said this the other day. I agree with him. I'm not crazy about the white jerseys with maroon pants. I don't know how often we will see that look. Have we seen the gray pants rolled out with any of these concepts? I haven't seen it, if that picture's out there. But yeah, the the most iconic uniforms in sports are all what? Simple. Pretty pretty simple. They're all simple. Simplify. And you look better. Kansas. Adidas has done a good job with a couple of uniform redos uh, with, with Kansas and Mississippi State. Kansas just simplified. They had all this crap going on in their uniforms, and it was just so busy. They just put stripes on the shoulders and wrote Kansas across their chest. Infinitely better. Simplify. Uh, Let's see here. Other winners. Other winners. Terrence Bud Crawford. What we got there with Bud Crawford? I think it's a fighter. Okay. I'll be honest, MP. I, 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 for some reason, I can't get into UFC and boxing. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not like anti either one, but it's just if there's a fight going on Saturday night, I'm, I'm just it's not going to grab me for whatever reason. I don't know. Adam and Baldwin, winner, the drone pilot for the Ole Miss Manning Center video. It was awesome. It was really cool. If if you have not seen that video. Now, there's some people that are, are suggesting that that was a single drone shot. I don't even know if that's technologically possible. If so, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen, maybe. It, it is but, technologically but that, possible. That is a thing that people do. But you can take it that distance in and out of buildings and through. Well, okay. Yeah. If that was a single shot, it's incredible. It started... In the north end zone of the football stadium, swept around through the stadium, goes down through a portal, out of the football stadium, into a door in the Manning Center, up a flight of stairs, hovers over into the weight room, goes around, comes back out of the weight room, goes down a hallway into coaches' offices, 
into the locker room, into the training facility, and, and this is all drone stuff, and it's really, really cool. I have not taken a tour of the newly renovated Manning Center yet, but everything so far looks good. I mean, all the yeah. pictures and the videos that I've seen, it's its done really, really well. And it needed to. Because, you know, people say that that NIL is the only thing that matters now. Not the only thing. And if you're if you're really behind on on your facility, that will stand out. And like, it doesn't vault them to like the best one in the SEC. But you don't have to be the best one. You just can't stand out as having a bad one. Yeah. And they stood out as having a. They're getting close to standing out as having a bad one. It was fine. It was functional. It needed updating. Yeah. And well, so they spent fifty million dollars to update it, give or take. How casual. Uh, some other winners and losers. Ole Miss's Stuart Patridge and Mississippi State's Rod Gibson from Greenwood. He said, uh, Greenwood LaFleur, Sports Hall of Famers. Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony was over the weekend. Really good stuff there. Uh, winner Ole Miss for inventing script slash cursive. Yeah, you know. Uh, the Ole Miss... Real tree helmet is an exception to the simplified rule. It's awesome. That's from Bobby and Batesville. When it's a uh, one-off helmet, sure. If they wore that every week, it wouldn't be a good decision. Winner, Red Bull Formula One team for winning every race for the first half of the season. Yeah, that qualifies as dominance. Jimmy Graham, winner, coming back to the Saints. Yeah, started a, a, a small scuffle. And uh, in camp today, the first one of, of Saints camp, he uh, caught a pass over the middle, trucked to safety, got up and told him about it. And uh, the the media there was like, "That's that's the first time he's looked like he's capable so far." Now it's only what the fourth practice or whatever, but they they said the first couple, you could see that there was some rust. I mean, he's older and he didn't play last year, but apparently he had the "Oh, I'm back" moment today. Which gets Saints fans all in the feels, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, can can he contribute over the, the course of the season? Maybe. Yeah, the, the tight end room is, is good there right now. So he, he won't be asked to, to do a whole lot. Apparently they view him as like a red zone kind of guy. Like he, he's not going to be an every down tight end. They've got other guys for that, frankly. Foster Moreau, and, and they'll use Taysom Hill in that spot some, and Juwan Johnson, but they'll they'll use him more as a, uh, he's just a big-bodied guy, knows how to use his body to get position, and they'll use him in red zone situations. He might have a high volume of touchdown receptions. Uh, one more winner on the Ceasefire text line. Winner, training camp starts, loser, this brutal heat. Curious if you guys think college football will ever, ever go to a 13th game. Not sure if the calendar will allow it. I mean, I always say that ever and never are a long time. But no, I don't see college football going to a 13th game. In fact, I think it's more likely that you would go back to 11 games than you would move forward to 13 games in the regular season. Now, I I do think that, and this was kicked around a little bit in the offseason, that you might see the college football calendar moved up a week which, by the way, I think would be a mistake because of the aforementioned heat, but, you know, still hot into October in a lot of places. Like, really hot. But, no, I don't think we'll go to a 13th game, especially now that the college football playoff is expanding to 12 teams starting next year. 
Those are your winners and losers. Let's uh, let's pick up the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days when we come back. Crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Dan Lanning is entering his second season as at Oregon as their uh, head coach. Remember, he was on Kirby's staff, uh, Kirby Smart staff at Georgia prior to that. Of course, all the media in the Pac-12 wants to know what all the coaches think about Colorado leaving. And so Dan Lanning got the question, hey, uh, hey, Dan, what was your reaction when you heard that Colorado was leaving? Not a big reaction. I mean, I'm trying to remember when, what they won to affect this conference. I don't remember. Do you remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. Okay, that was Dan Lanning. Boom, roasted. Yeah. It's like, ah, I, I, yeah, not a big reaction. Not a, not a big reaction. He's not wrong. I, I have a feeling. Colorado's had one winning season since joining Back to Could you imagine? It was with Mike McIntyre as their head coach. Where's he now? He is the. He's head at FIU. Coach at FIU. That's right. Yep, that's right. Yeah, he did a good job at Ole Miss when he was there. He did a really good um, job at Ole Miss. They did a pretty good job at Memphis as their defensive coordinator, and then got the opportunity to uh, be the head coach at FIU. So he's got his own program again. And um, man, what a great guy! Huge yeah. fan of that guy. How draining that must be for a fan, though. Could you imagine? Not only not being good, but not having any hope. Yeah. And, 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 and Although what Landing said was funny, and he's right, I, I feel like his commissioner didn't have the same reaction when he found out. I mean, it's going to happen again. Unless, so apparently they're going to get presented their TV deal in the Pac-12 soon. John Canzano um, says in expected to be in the next 24 to 72 hours, and he was setting the over-under at 48 hours, so noon on Wednesday, give or take. That information will leak quickly once it is handed down. And if it is not adequate, if it's not good enough, and the Big 12 still has standing offers for a handful of Pac-12 members? All right, so question for you. Question for you. If it is comparable to the Big 12, Big 12 is $31.7 million per school. If it's between 30 and $33 million and you're Arizona or Utah, do you stay put in the Pac-12? Or do you look at the entire landscape and go, with the money being the same, the Big 12 looks more stable. We sit here today with nine teams. What the heck is San Diego State or Boise State or 
whomever going to do for our overall profile as a conference? Or do you go, you know what, that place is going to be more stable, that's going to be a better league, let's go. So I was reading about this last night. Isn't part of it also, it's not just money, stability also, but it's where the games are going to be. What networks are they on? How many of the games are streaming as opposed to actually on linear television? Apparently that was one of Colorado's sticking points was even if the money's the same, the Big 12's just more available. They're going to be on ESPN and Fox. And, and so that's part of it, too. What, what an interesting time. I, I could make an argument for why Arizona would stay. But there's a big if in the argument. And the if, I don't know the answer to. If the college football playoff continues forward with its plan of six automatic qualifiers and six at-large spots, and football is the driving force for your decision on what conference to call home, then staying in the Pac-12 probably makes more sense. What is your road to the college football playoff? With you, If you play in a league that has nine teams, and the best team in that league is Oregon or Washington in a given year, you feel better about your chances of getting to the college football playoff, I think, than playing in a league that, even though Oklahoma and Texas are gone, still has Baylor, still has Oklahoma State, has a resurgent Kansas, has the reigning conference champs in Kansas State, has TCU, who played for a national title a year ago, has added UCF, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati, Cincinnati, a program who's two years removed from being the first G5 team to play in the college football playoff and look like they belonged while they were there. Yeah, and they'll be the only one in the four team to ever do it. Houston, in what, one of the five largest cities in America with football talent falling out of windows. UCF, rapidly growing city in Orlando, a lot of commitment to the program, good coach, football talent falling out of windows. And BYU, who's traditionally just a really solid program. And they care a lot. So are you better off staying put and competing with Arizona State, Cal, Stanford, Washington, Oregon, Utah? Who am I missing in the Pac-12? Doesn't matter. Stanford, Cal. Yeah, I said those. Hey, it doesn't matter. Washington and Oregon, Stanford and Cal, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, whatever. doesn't matter. There, there are nine of them total. Oregon State. Somebody. Oh, yeah, Oregon State. There it is. There it is. Washington State also. Washington State. Boy, those two programs just... And they, they're good, and it's just an afterthought, but... I mean, that's what makes... I mean, think about the conversations that we would be having right now about Ole Miss and Mississippi State, for example, if this was the year it was to 12. Fans would be talking about, hey, you catch one break and you're a playoff team. 
Because with Ole Miss's schedule, right, they got to go to Athens. Well, that stinks. Put an L next to that one. Got to go to Tuscaloosa, too. You don't win there very often. You can lose both of those games. You you don't have to win those. Your season doesn't end in Athens. You got to win the other 10, though. You do. And on on the perfect year, maybe you could have a, a, an argument if you win nine of those. But but that would be something that fans going into the season would be talking about, would be looking forward to. Because right now, not a single rational Ole Miss or Mississippi State fan thinks that their team can make the playoff. Not one. No. But this time next year, you're not being irrational. Hey, catch one break here. Mm-hmm. And you're a playoff team. Yeah. And then and then you get to go play in the big house <laughs> for, for a shot at Alabama after the bye. And then once you're there, man, anything can happen. Ask TCU. I know what happened in the Georgia game. But if, if Michigan and TCU played a week later, I have a feeling Michigan would win that game kind of comfortably. All they needed was one shot. A couple breaks went their way. Played for a national championship. TCU. That on steroids comes next year. It's going to be It's so be a lot great. Of fun. It is so great, man. We have access here. The, the seasons already matter so much. People care a lot. Like there's a there's a lot kind of riding on Ole Miss's success, especially this year, considering what happened with Auburn and all that. Like this is an important year for Lane Kiffin. This is a, a high expectation year for Mississippi State. But that's all those are. It's gonna be so much more just twelve months from now. So going back to what we were saying a second ago. Do the other conferences agree to still allow the Pac-12 if they only have nine teams to potentially get an automatic bid into the college football playoff? Well, they so they won't have enough teams to be able to have a. I mean, until they add teams, which they will, and they will. They're not going to sit at nine. Look okay, at what Boise and San Diego State and SMU, which <laughs> okay, but it's not. The Power Five gets an auto bid, right? It's the no, it's it's the the six highest ranked conference champions. So, I mean, that conference is no worse. It's not worse than the AAC or the CUSA or Sun Belt. So yeah, okay. So that probably probably stays as it is. Which to me could be an argument for a team like Arizona that could move to the Big Twelve if they wanted to, or Utah. Could move to the Big 12 if they wanted to, probably just to stay put. Because the path to the college football playoff is easier. If the money's the same, then you probably take the easier route to the college football playoff. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Apparently I told you a story. We will instead pick up the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days on the other side of this break in the Pearl River Resort Studio. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Hey, I, I do have one more winner that we need to add from earlier in the show. Mississippi State's men's, uh, men's basketball team is playing an overseas tour. They're in Portugal. And yesterday they beat the Portugal All-Stars 100-40. to And they made 18 threes in the game. For a team that really struggled shooting the three a year ago, that's a good sign. I understand that it's July. I understand that it's the Portugal All-Stars. I don't know what the makeup is of that team. But uh, after a little bit of a slow start in that ballgame, I mean, they got it going, and Josh Hubbard was really, really good. So Mississippi State men's hoops should be on the uh, on the winner's list. All right, let's get to it. Picking up the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Team number 35. This would have been Saturday's team. Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Pretty good fight song. Not bad. Rambling Wreck from Georgia Tech. I don't know if that's what this is. Is it? What this says it is. It says Rambling Wreck. With white and gold, apparently. Okay. And then they also play the uh, Budweiser song. No, this is Ramblin' Wreck. Yeah, that's it. This is a good... Should have never gone away from the triple option, man. I I know that... We mentioned earlier about styles and turning fans off. Apparently they mm-hmm. got sick of it, but they were winning. And they just won, and they just won, and they just won, and that's all they did, and not enough. So Brent Key is the head coach at uh, at Georgia Tech. They managed to go 5-7 and seven last year. And you remember how the season started, right? They lost to Clemson in Atlanta. 41 to 10. Then they beat Western Carolina. Then they got beat at home by Ole Miss 42 to nothing. They went to UCF and lost. They got wins in the ACC over Pittsburgh and Duke and Virginia Tech and North Carolina. Lost 37 to 14 in the rivalry game with Georgia to, uh, to close it out. Do you know who Georgia Tech's starting quarterback is projected to be this year? Man, I was going to drop that on you. Haynes King. Haynes King, the Texas A&M transfer, dealt with some injuries at A&M, didn't work out, he hits the road, and uh, Haynes King going to be the starter at quarterback. They, uh, they lost Hassan Hall, who was their leading rusher a year ago, although he had trouble getting into the end zone. Dante Smith returns, though. He had five rushing touchdowns. Last season, the schedule for Georgia Tech this year: they start with Louisville. They will play them in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I think, on Friday night, September first. Then they got South Carolina State, who will be coming off a game against Jackson State to open the season. 
In week three, Georgia Tech is in Oxford to take on Ole Miss. Then they go to Wake Forest. What are you start. doing? What, what? what are you doing? In your non-conference, playing two road games against Power 5 teams, what are you doing? Or no, Wake Forest in conference. Never mind, I'm an idiot. Yeah, Wake, Wake Forest ACC game. So that's their first ACC game, and then they duck, duck back out of conference play and face Bowling Green, and then it's all ACC the rest of the way. At Miami, Boston College at home, North Carolina home, at UVA, at Clemson, then they get Syracuse and Georgia to close it out. Yeah, that's the that's where I should have asked the question. Why are you doing home and homes with Ole Miss when you play Georgia every year? That that Ole Miss Georgia Tech series was moved about twelve times. I think originally that game was supposed to be played in like two thousand four and two thousand five back to back. And wow. it got pushed, and it got pushed, and it got pushed, and it got pushed, and finally you get to 22 and 23. Ole Miss got the uh, the better attack in the first one. To, to me, the thing is, and there's no way to get around it, right, because it's an in-state rivalry game, clean old-fashioned hate. Georgia Tech's won only twice against Georgia since 2009. That feels high. I would If you told me over under two, I would have taken the under, honestly. Well, but you think about going back to 2009, there have been some pretty good Georgia Tech teams in there. The aforementioned Bobby Johnson. Including the 2014 team that beat Georgia and went on to beat Mississippi State in the Orange Bowl. And then in 2016, they beat Georgia as well. That's the only two times that they've beaten Georgia since uh, 2009. So Georgia Tech, we'll see. Do they take a step forward this year? Decided to stick with Brent Key after making the interim, so he's in, uh, going into his second year, and uh, they will open it with Louisville on September 1st. We'll be back 5 o'clock hour. Now more Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome again, 5 o'clock hour, hour number three on this Monday of Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, oh, not one, but two 18-hole championship golf courses at the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can visit them online at Dancing Rabbit Golf to make a tee time or give them a call and talk to them about uh, the cool accommodations that they've got with the uh, newly redone rooms above the clubhouse with the big veranda all the way around the top second floor go out and uh, have a really good time great great place to do a golf trip or if you're just looking for 18 holes pick the course you like better and book your tee time today at dancingrabbitgolf.com part of Pearl River Resort alongside Michael Borky I'm Richard Cross good to be with you this afternoon the ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business. Learn more at ceasefire.com slash business. Hey, Dad is out today. He will rejoin us tomorrow. And uh, you know what today was? Today 
is the five-year anniversary of when Hey Dad accepted a job to join us here at, wow. at Super Talk. Yeah. He was telling me about that the other night when we were uh, we were coming back from uh, from Hattiesburg on, on Friday night. He was bummed that he was going to miss today. He was looking forward to missing today because of that spa appointment that had been on his calendar for a while. Um, but he um, he was bummed to miss that. He was looking forward to saying that on the air. And then I guess next Monday would have been his uh, his first show or a couple of days later, whatever it was. So, um, happy anniversary. Hey, Dad. September 4th for me will be nine years. Really? Yeah. How about that? You guys are so much better at keeping up with dates than I am. I got got no idea. I I got... I mean, I think the... I think the show started on Super Talk on January 2nd. Of... 2012 or 2013, I don't remember which exactly. Because you were on the airwaves when I was in college. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I was. Just another way for Michael Borky to say, hey, Richard, you are old. Let's get to the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford. And your local Mississippi Ford dealers. I'm going to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Some sales event going on. It's good savings to be had as well on Ford trucks and SUVs. So, today... For the college football fix, let's go back and uh, and ask the exact same question about Ole Miss that we asked of Mississippi State in the 4 o'clock hour. We were talking about Mississippi State's schedule and why there was excitement or as much excitement as there is, seemingly, about the Bulldogs leading into this season. And I floated it out there to you, Borky. Let's say that Mississippi State goes eight and four with a four and four mark in conference play. What were the four SEC wins for Mississippi State? Love to hear from you on that as well as we did in the three o'clock hour about Ole Miss. So, same scenario. Let's say Ole Miss goes eight and four this year, including a four and four mark in conference play. That means non-conference wins against Mercer, Georgia Tech, um, Tulane, and ULM, and then four wins in the league. What are the four most likely wins, Borky, for you for Ole Miss? Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Auburn. I would agree. I think in I, I that order, too. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the order on the schedule, that means an 0-2 start to league play, and then three straight wins to get to 3-2, and two, and then a loss to A&M and a loss to Georgia to fall to 3-4, and four, and then a win against Mississippi State to finish the year at 4-4. Four and four. So a win at home over Arkansas a road win against Auburn, a home win against Vanderbilt, and a road win against Mississippi State. 
That's to get to four and four. If they were to win one more, is Texas A&M at home the next most likely? I think so. If they were to do... By the way, if you say eight and four for Zach Arnett and you give that somewhere between an A and an A plus in year number one as the head coach, what is eight and four for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss in terms of a letter grade? Considering the schedule of B, I mean, having Georgia instead of Kentucky is, and having to go to Athens, that's that's not easy. My thing, or at least what I'm focused on, is not so much record. It's well, depending on what the record is. If 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 they finish the year six and six after Auburn last year, the gigantic raise, all that, well then there's problems. Then then obviously you focus on record. But if they go eight and four and November is a disaster again. That, that's that's what I'm watching for. Is it, how is November handled? November is Texas A&M at home, Georgia on the road, ULM at home, Mississippi State on the road. And, and not even so much as like the football games. Because you got to go to Georgia in November, and that just sucks. I mean, they can play great and still lose, and lose comfortably even with how much of a, mach- a machine Georgia has become. But... Is there a moment like last year where you lose a game and then focused is gone? Is there a job that comes open? Does a move on from Jimbo? And Although with the high volume of trolling that he's done of Texas A&M, I don't think that he's going to be on their list anyway. But if a job comes open, are you going to put your fans through all that crap again? Is there going to be... Memes made about a reporter, or are you going to handle it like a coach would, as opposed to a frat guy? Because that's kind of how it was handled last year. That That is what I am almost as fascinated with that as I am what the record is. Because if they are having a good year, and November's still a disaster, it's still, it's still bad. If they have the identical record that they had a year ago, November is a problem, you can't See, praise just- it. I just don't think the schedule is built in a way for November to play out the way that it played out a year ago. So you think about the Ole Miss schedule last year, right? 7-0 and to start the year. They lose to LSU to fall to 7-1. and They beat on A&M on the road to get to 8-1. and And then they lose their last three. And they finish the regular season 8-4, and and then they lose the bowl game. Did I do that right? No, 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 they finished seven and five. Wait. What was Ole Miss's record last year? Eight and five. Eight and five, yeah. Because they lost the ball. Seven game. and oh, seven and one, eight and one, and then lost their last three. Arkansas, Alabama. Alabama, State, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi Arkansas State, State, Texas that, Tech. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Um, I don't think the schedule's built in a way. No. It's it's built to start three and zero, but but let's say you start three and zero, and then you lose to Alabama, and and you're three and one after four games, and now you got two home games against LSU and Arkansas. Nobody's going to pick Ole Miss to beat LSU this year, although we did get a message just a, min, a couple of minutes ago on the ceasefire text line 
from Shed in Winona that says, I feel good about the Rebels beating LSU at home this year. So some people will pick that. Most won't. They're not going to be favored against LSU in that game. Can you imagine the way the outlook on the season changes if Ole Miss were somehow to beat LSU in a home game on the 30th of September? All of a sudden, people get kind of, oh. Yeah, uh, they will. And then uh, everything will change uh, for them this season. Your, your, your power cut there. Uh, 6 year one 4395 is the text line. We will uh, be back here shortly. Hopefully we can get Richard uh, back on the line. Looks like uh, he lost power there. So what do you think? If, if Ole Miss, two questions, just like we did with Mississippi State earlier. What are the four wins? And then how would you grade that? How would you as, as a fan receive that kind of season after the Auburn thing, after the big raise, and with the, the schedule getting more difficult than it was uh, a year ago? Again, 601-879-4395 is the text line. We'll be right back. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome again to Sports Talk Mississippi this afternoon. If you're in the market for a new Ford truck, regardless of where you live, in the state of Mississippi. Let me tell you about my friends at Belk Ford on Highway 6 in Oxford. you got a really good selection of F-150s on the lot right now. i got a couple of Broncos that are out there, a couple of Ford Expeditions, and uh, good financing as well, considering uh, how crazy the uh, financing markets have been as of late. Uh, some good options for you. They'll get you into the best financing option, but also get you into the vehicle. That, uh, that makes the most sense for you. The one that you want, the one that you need, the one that you can afford, they'll take care of all of that at Belk Ford. They're a family-owned company, been in the Belk family since 1961 as a Ford dealership and over a century in the automobile business. Great service department. Got the service after the sale that you need, whether it's routine maintenance like old tire rotation and oil changes or anything that is more serious and uh, they'll take care of you. No pushy sales tactics, just trying to get you in the car or the truck or the SUV that you are looking for. Belk Ford, you can find them online at belkford.net. You can start your search there. Feel free to give them a call. Talk to them about what you're looking for and what they've got available on the lot, or stop by and see them. Highway 6 West in Oxford, that's Belk Ford. Also got Oxford Toyota just up the hill. Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, proud partners with Sports Talk Mississippi, Tell them we sent you when you go get your new Ford vehicle. Richard Cross and Michael Borky in the Pearl River Resort studio. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Just to finish the Ole Miss exercise from a moment ago, because this is exactly what we did with Mississippi State in the, the first hour of the show. All right, so what were the four in the SEC that would give you a 4-4 four and four mark 
and an 8-4 and four overall record. What happens if things get crazy and you win two that you're maybe not supposed to on paper? And Borky, if somebody was going to guess the two that they're not supposed to win on paper that they actually won, I think most people would guess LSU and Texas A&M. Two home games, one in September, the end of September, one in November. I mean, that's like a crazy, blew away, all expectations season there. But what if it goes two the other way? What if You lose at home to LSU, and then you lose at home the next week to Arkansas. What if you drop that one on the road against Auburn? What if you don't get it done against Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl? I just flipped three. And that takes you from an eight and four likely scenario to a five and seven nightmare scenario. I mean, that's disaster territory. It's disaster territory. I mean, I'm kind of in the camp where... Considering what the school has committed to the program. Well, I think six would be disaster territory. Considering what they're investing. There's such a... Since we started this conversation earlier in the show with Mississippi State, let's pretend for a second that that is what Mississippi State ends up with. Fans will be really disappointed... The roster will will turn over pretty dramatically with, with how many veterans and seniors you have on this team. It wouldn't be good. People would be concerned. But it's 6-6 six and six and a trip to the Liberty Bowl in Zach Arnett's first year. That you're paying $3 million for. And it doesn't feel like you just fell off the side of a mountain. No. I, I mean, after his predecessor passes away and he takes over as a completely inexperienced head coach... And and he and he's very cheap, relatively speaking. Three million dollars a year now is cheap for college football coaches. Imagine that. It is. That's different when you're paying top eleven money now or whatever it is. When you had the charade that was last November, and it wasn't just the way they lost football games; it was all the other crap. And then that turns into a massive raise in millions of dollars raised for NIL. And you buy out a defensive coordinator to pay your new one over $2 million. It's not just Lane Kiffin's salary. It's Lane Kiffin's salary, which was increased by $2.5 million or whatever it is. His staff got more money. And his defensive coordinator, again, got bought out. And you bring in a new one for over $2 million. Fans raised money by the millions of their own money. It's not Keith Carter's money. That's fans' money. By the millions that they raised for this team, and if you do all of that and put up with what you put up with and you go 6-6 six and six and go to the Liberty Bowl, it's a disaster. Yeah. And that's not a fun scenario to walk through. Mm-mm. But kind of walking through all the scenarios, and that's one of them. Seems unlikely, I think. I, I mean, last November was a disaster for Ole Miss, and they ended the season 8-4. and four. I mean, it, yeah. so... You know, November was bad. The season was not. Now the schedule is more difficult, but still, it's it's like it, everything unraveled for them, and they still won eight games. So yeah, this roster feels better than six wins. It does. I mean, it it feels like a seven, eight, nine win roster. But we'll see. Bowen Indianola, who always uh, sees the bright side of things for Ole Miss, says that Ole Miss wins two out of three against Georgia, Alabama, and LSU. 
It'd be a pretty special season, Bo, if uh, if it played out like that. Got another text earlier about where Alabama is on Ole Miss's schedule, and and I do agree with that. Now, winning in Tuscaloosa is a very difficult thing. It's still a Nick Saban coached Alabama team. I'd, yeah, sure. But you'd prefer to play them then as opposed to later. So so that's a nice break. Yeah, week four is better than week nine. No if doubt. You're, if you're facing uh, Alabama, hey, some. Some things in terms of recruiting from this weekend. So Mississippi State a few weeks ago had its, I can't remember what, Hey Dad told me they changed the name. Big Dog, Top Dog, Elite Dog. It's, is there Big Dog or Top Dog? I can't remember which it is. But their camp where they bring a lot of guys on and they tend to get some commitments and get things rolling from a recruiting standpoint, and it was successful this year. It, it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. Ole Miss had its big summer on-campus recruiting camp, all of that stuff rolled into one this weekend called Juice Fest, I think is what they call it. And um, Ole Miss picked up a couple of commitments this weekend. Now, there's more than a couple. They picked up some commitments for the 2024 class. Ole Miss got two additions to this year's roster through the transfer portal that as we sit here here today are not eligible, but two guys that are going to seek waivers from the NCAA for immediate eligibility for transferring, even though it was after the transfer portal window closed. TJ Dudley a former four-star linebacker who played sparingly in his freshman year at Clemson. Um, dismissed from the team at Clemson for violation of team rules. But Davo Sweeney had really nice things to say about him on the way out the door. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing here. It, it felt here, like but... this was one of those that, that Davo kind of hated to lose. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm paraphrasing. He said something like, He's a good player and a good man, but we do have rules here, and both sides needed a fresh start. Yeah, and we wish him well. So, Ole Miss, going to try and seek eligibility for T.J. Dudley. He would be an addition at linebacker. That is certainly a position where Ole Miss could use guys that can play. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that thought a lot of him out of high school. The other is a defensive back. Uh, Chris Graves, transferring out of Miami, four-star defensive back in the 2022 class. Uh, He was here this weekend. And, again, outside the transfer portal window entry deadline. And so he will seek immediate eligibility, and we'll see. Yeah. That actually is a position that Ole Miss has got a pretty fair amount of depth. Well, they, you know, actions. It, tell, it, it, yeah, I was just say if you ask Pete Golding, only one of these two guys can be eligible. Pick one. With no disrespect intended to Chris Graves, he would pick T.J. Dudley to get depth at linebacker. I, I haven't spoken to Pete Golding myself. I, I can just only go on based on his actions. It is very clear that 
I mean, he didn't like any of the personnel groupings on defense because they added instant help on the defensive line and that linebacker via portal. He very clearly hated what he had in the secondary. They've added a bunch. I mean, the volume of guys that they have added both via portal and in the, the incoming freshman class in recruiting is staggering. Like, almost flipped the entire room, basically. Yeah. I mean, you got DeAndre Prince returning. He's going to be a starter at a corner. A couple safeties that are going to play that were on the team last year. Otherwise, everybody else is a newcomer. A lot of new pieces. Ceasefire text line, I can't wait to watch Golding flop because he doesn't have all four and five stars. Okay. Famously, somebody says, somebody says Ole Miss lost a lineman also. Yeah, the uh, the Graves kid from Louisiana um, said he felt at home at Ole Miss, and then LSU offered, and he felt more at home in his home state. We'll be back. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. <laughs> on the uh, the social media platforms. Uh, everybody all at once just uh, reported that uh, the Arizona Board of Regents has now scheduled a meeting for tomorrow afternoon in which they will go into executive session to discuss things. Uh. We don't know what those things are, um, but everybody's making the assumption that that means they are discussing the possibility of leaving the Pac-12, presumably to join the Big 12. Hmm. Board of Regents meetings are now a bat signal. It's so funny. It's like uh, when a coach posts that one thing that the coach always posts when they get a commitment, everybody that covers the team is like, oh, who's it going to be? Same thing with this. There's a Board of Regents meeting. Whoa, who is it? Oh, it's Arizona. That means they're leaving the Pac-12. I want like Clemson, to start scheduling Board of Regents meetings just to troll the heck out of everybody. Because I'm sure you you may have seen the rumors over the weekend, which people will believe anything sometimes. They really will. It's amazing. That Clemson and Florida State today were going to announce that they were joining the Big Ten. That was the rumor all weekend that everybody was just waiting for. I want them to start scheduling Board of Regents meetings. Just check in with everybody. Hey, how was your summer vacation? Good? Good. Yeah, excited for the year. You guys have a good one. Oh, we'll go into executive session. And then when they go into executive session, they've got like catered food and coffee. They just hang out and talk and laugh and then leave the meeting and say they have no comment. Most of the people that make up the Board of Regents have more important things to do than just to troll the <laughs> Internet, I think. Would be a good uh, troll, though. But, but maybe, it would, uh, maybe it would be fun. All right, so we had a text message. We were talking about a couple of commitments to Ole Miss throughout the uh, the weekend, and um, we were reminded that Ole Miss lost a player over the weekend that was committed. Offensive lineman out of Louisiana, uh, Mackinac, I think. Is it? Is that right? Is it 
Is it Natchitoches, Louisiana, and Nacogdoches, Texas, or the other way? Nah, I don't know. I think it's Natchitoches, Louisiana. Um, so apparently this was offensive lineman that was committed to Ole Miss and was a solid commitment who had kind of publicly said that he had been waiting on an offer for LSU. And he was in Oxford over the weekend or last week and was asked about it because he finally got an offer from LSU and went and visited with Brian Kelly. And he said all the things about, you know, Ole Miss feels like home to me and excited to be here, but he left himself an out. you got to go back and talk about it with my favorite. A Louisiana kid who grows up an LSU fan that gets an offer to LSU regardless of where he is committed, who he has talked to, who he has promised something or other, is going to LSU. Let's say it again. A Louisiana kid who grows up an LSU fan, who wants an offer from LSU and has to wait on it, is going to LSU. And if it surprised you that the young fellow backed out of his commitment to Ole Miss and said, I'm going to LSU, yeah, haven't been paying attention. One plus one equals two. I mean, the, 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 a similar example would be Jacob Hester. Remember Jacob Hester, the LSU running back, fullback? Yeah. Oh, he was on the show with us a couple of weeks ago. Grew up an LSU fan. All you ever want to do is play football at LSU. Let's say that he had committed to, I don't know, Texas Tech while hoping for an offer for LSU. And a couple of months after committing to Texas Tech, LSU offers, Jacob Hester would have been going to LSU. Same deal. Yeah. That's what this is. I have, uh, and not related to this, because as you said, it shouldn't surprise anybody the second he got the LSU offer. I mean, it is what it is. Um kind of how that state operates. It's one detriment of Mississippi is having two SEC schools in the same state. Gets, you get the mm-hmm. kid growing up fan of one. and I, Anyway, LSU kind of has a fence around mid-Louisiana eh, down. Kind of, yeah. It certainly have a college monopoly on the state regardless. But it, anyway, I have seen and heard from a lot of college football fans that have all kind of said the same thing, that that NIL has ruined recruiting for them. And I, I tell them every time, it hadn't changed a thing. It has just opened your eyes to it, and now you realize what a ridiculous charade recruiting has always been. It, recruiting has always been flips. and I mean, there was, there was reporting this weekend that a kid that's committed somewhere else was upset when it was reported that he was visiting somewhere else, and it, it's like that... Following that closely has never been fun. And I don't know how people were able to do that and hold on to that for so long. You've got handlers and you've got last-minute flips because of money, and that's always been the case. And and you've got every, all this stuff, and you've got trolling and top ten lists. And it's we're talking about 16, 17-year-old kids deciding where they're going to go to college. I'm. It's about time everybody woke up to the charade that recruiting has been. And I can't believe that that adults in the room have allowed it to go on as long as it has. I mean, the fact that, that it, it goes the way it goes so often, again, with the trolling and the flipping and, and all that stuff that happens every year, and again, getting 
upset that it got reported that you're visiting a school? Why is an adult not handling that better? Anyway, NIL hasn't ruined recruiting. It's always been this way. It's just opened your eyes to how ridiculous recruiting is. Mm-hmm. And I'll look at the signing class in December. is a really healthy way as a fan to live because getting caught up and the trolling of 17-year-olds is not good for your health. And people are kind of checking out of it. One other note that uh, somebody just mentioned on the ceasefire text line, Ole Miss just got a commitment from John Bull, who is um, a basketball player, tall basketball player. Goes to overtime elite in Atlanta, which is kind of like a basketball-only version of IMG. I guess they're basketball only. I, I don't know. Um, seven foot one, I think. Seven foot one and listed at one ninety. Not. Oh. Okay. So he's got room to uh, put put on some weight. He's got room to grow. Not related to Manute Bowl. Not related to Bowl Bowl, who is the center for the Orlando Magic. But um, pretty good interior player. It's a, a common name. Um, Seven as foot I've learned. nine inch wingspan. Yeah, uh, would be I believe I think. Uh, should he sign the highest rated signee in program history? I think His depending on your service. Final eight choices in May did not include Ole Miss. They were Texas, Michigan, Missouri, Florida, Wake Forest, Southern Cal, UConn, or professional basketball. And two months later, he um, commits to Ole Miss. So, there you go. Good news for uh, Ole Miss basketball. Meaningful basketball is back in Mississippi. It it just kind of is. I mean, I had a state fan ask me yesterday, you know, what do these scores mean? It's so lopsided. Are the opponents good? And I said, honestly, it's more about the experience for them than, than the games the themselves. But they made a bunch of three-point shots. Yes. 18! They made shots, which is important, but I mean, Chris Jans or Christoph Jans made the tournament last year, got a bunch of dudes back, recruited shooting, should be a team that is fighting for a tournament berth again, and Chris Beard has flipped the roster already. Now, they're waiting on a couple of waivers that could really make the roster more attractive. If they don't get those, then making the tournament might be difficult in year one, but either way. I'm not sure fighting for a tournament berth once again no, uh, yeah. is the right way to describe like Mississippi State. Should play the season on the correct side of the bubble they, the entire they, season. They absolutely should be an NCAA tournament team this year. People, and, people forgot how fun meaningful college basketball is. Yeah. And, and State fans got a taste of it last year, made the tournament. Ole Miss fans have forgotten, and you're going to find out quickly, that I'm surprised. I shouldn't be, but I am surprised at how well Chris Beard has recruited at Ole Miss so far. Um, He is in on portal players and high school recruits in ways that, I mean, I've only lived in Mississippi for 14 years, so maybe there's a history before my time that this was the case. But since I've lived in this state, and for lack of trying, but Andy Kennedy and Kermit Davis could not get in the door with the players that Chris Beard is getting in the door with and signing. Yeah, we get 
back-to-back questions. Will Ole Miss commit to keeping Beard? And then can Ole Miss compete in basketball with NIL? They, they seem to be doing it so far on the NIL front. We'll, we'll see if that continues. And will Ole Miss keep to, uh, commit to keeping Chris Beard? I mean, my guess is that Ole Miss, if, if this thing continues the way that it's trending, they will do everything they possibly can to hold on to Chris Beard. So we'll see. And Dave points out that Southern Miss was good in basketball, and that was a heck of a lot of fun last year as well. You're absolutely right. We'll wrap it up with you next. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's time to get real. Real Sports Talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. about um, the story that came out, I guess it was over the weekend, late last week over the weekend, that Talia Tangavailoa, the younger brother of Tua, during the offseason received a million and a half dollar offer to attend an SEC school and play quarterback there. There's three options. Right? Auburn, Alabama, and Florida. Mm, yeah. I Is can't Auburn think. the most Auburn's the most likely, right? Feels like it. Because they were I mean they they were desperate. And they were allegedly were tampering like crazy with other quarterbacks that were established starters at power five yeah, institutions, I- including at least one in the SEC. I think that's more than allegedly. I mean, I think that I think I think there's some pretty significant evidence that's out there that it was happening. That there's one SEC head coach in particular that pointed he, he took a big old neon sign and pointed it in Auburn's direction. But anyway, yeah, Auburn or Florida, if I had to eliminate one, I would eliminate Alabama. And be down to either Auburn or Florida. Both were really desperate for a quarterback in this cycle, and they swung and missed a lot, both of them. Doesn't it seem like Auburn would have been more likely to make a big play for a quarterback through NIL means than Florida, given the kind of pie on the face that Florida had from the year before? Possibly. And the brazenness in which it was allegedly happening on the planes? adds up for an offer that probably was was higher than it would have actually been anyway. But for an offer like that, where it's so known with the people at Maryland, one plus one equals War Eagle. Is he worth it? Worth is in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I guess so. 
But when you think about Talia Tongavailoa, is that a guy that you're like, yeah, he is that that's a million and a half? No. The answer's no. He had a, a really good season last year at Maryland. Um statistically what? Three thousand yards, eighteen touchdowns, eight interceptions. He was good. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's not his brother. But you don't have to be Tua to be a really good college quarterback either. Yeah, that's true. I think he would have been better than, if the assumption is correct, what Auburn ended up with. Hmm. Think so? I think so. If you gave me the choice between Peyton Thorne and Little Tua, then I would take Little Tua. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. No question. No question. And if we're wrong and it was Florida, then Florida absolutely would have <laughs> would have taken him over. Uh, have... Yeah. What do you think Billy Napier would would do to get Spencer Sanders right now? Um. Whatever it took. You would talk about an overpay. Florida, I, maybe not. Maybe they just love Graham Mertz. But what Spencer Sanders, if if he could, which he can't because of the SEC rule, if he could leave Ole Miss and go to Florida right now, what he would command on the market would crack me up. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. Sports Talk Mississippi in the... Pearl River Resort Studios. It's been a fun Monday afternoon with you. The show's brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com and uh, be sure to follow along on all their social media channels. That's uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. X. I, I still don't know what to do with that. X, It's going to take a while. Uh, so, yeah, um, all those places. You can keep up with the uh, stuff that's on the horizon uh, check out the events page, the calendar of events, so that you can stay up to date with everything that is happening in and around Oxford. That's visitoxfordms.com and visit Oxford MS on all of their social media channels. Let's take a look at some of the storylines involving NFL teams tomorrow afternoon. We'll get back to the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Hey, Dad, we'll return. We'll talk more college football, focus on Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Southern Miss as they get closer to the start of camp for Ole Miss and Southern Miss. It's just a day away, and hopefully we'll have a big interview for you. Still haven't heard back for sure on that. We will uh, hopefully have that for you tomorrow as well. For Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Have a great Monday night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services .com A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production